It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I am Pastor Jack King. I am your host and uh, well, it's just an exciting thing for me to be with you on Sunday mornings here on 94.1, bringing the gospel through talk. And uh, been doing this getting close to 20 years now. This is show number 1065. I do have a few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And that's worked out real well over the years. And if you are out there listening and you're involved in Christian ministry, I'd love to get you on the show. Why don't you give me a call? 850-567-1703. That's my cell phone. And we'll talk about you. Because <laughs> the people ask me, what are we going to talk about? And I say, well, we're going to talk about your passion. What is your passion for the things of God? And I have a gentleman here in the studio that I know that he is passionate. He is a pastor. And uh, he's come all the way up from Ocala just to tell you about what God is doing in his life and ministry. Pastor Kenny Tompkins, Lighthouse Church of Orange Springs. How'd I do? You did great. Good. Brother Tompkins, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, you are a pastor, and, and you and I, as we've just sat here a little while and talked, we have a very similar heart. You have a pastor's heart, you love your church, and you love your congregation. Yes, and how long ago was it that you were called to the ministry? Uh, I believe I received the call around 96, well, more 95, I think. So you've been in it for a while yet. Yes. Now, were you raised up in church? Are you a, a church kid? Uh, I was a Easter and Christmas uh, Christian uh-huh. kid. Uh, <laughs> yes. And what changed that? Um, my dad and mom, they had me in there when we were young, when I was young. Um, but they got hurt, like most, and we identified, I guess, as Baptist, but we didn't really attend. Um, in, um, I would say, when I was 20, um, working on the job, engaged to get married, um, my mom had been having a lot of heart trouble. But on my job, I just really felt the convicting of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost convicted me of my sin, and He was drawing me. Everywhere I turned, uh, He was approaching me. Uh, from the radio, uh, there was a gospel station stuck right between my two favorite country stations, and I couldn't turn the knob fast enough. <laughs> so He was really on me. And then, you know, my mom died. He got my attention. He spoke to me before that. Uh, I could share that later if you like, but um, anyway, that's how I gave my heart to Jesus. It was about two weeks after my mom's death, and uh, I surrendered to him. So now, before that, mm-hmm. growing up in high school and stuff like that, you're just a, a normal kid going through life, but you were involved in church, even though you you did have some background. Little. A little bit. Yes. Now, you say Easter and uh, Christmas. Your parents, before that, were they raised in church? I mean, is it kind of a history background in your church of that? Or not at all. Life? Yeah. No. Not at all. No. They, they had a lot of Southern uh, pride and heritage, but but unfortunately, it wasn't Christian. Huh. 
Yes. That's just interesting. I mean, you said at the age of 20 mm-hmm. that God got a hold of your heart because you're right. dealing with this thing with your mother, and uh, that's tugging at your heart, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So you came to Christ. Now, were you at a church when this happened, or said you were just somewhere? Where were you were when you came to the point to where you accepted Christ as your Savior? We went very little to church when there was a time when our parents really had us in there and we were all gung ho. I was more on the very young side, probably seven or eight. Um, but when they got hurt, they pulled out. So we did go every now and then. But other than that, in vacation Bible school, maybe twice when I was growing up. Um, but I didn't identify as a Christian. I really didn't. I, I did not even claim to be. Um, so, but the Holy Spirit was really tugging on my heart. Um, you know, when uh, before my mom died, probably around six months, my mom was the only one in the household that was really truly engaging with the Lord. Not really sure how close she was, to be honest, but she would read the Bible every single night. And uh, the last thing I remember her saying to me about the Bible, I was watching Ric Flair fight on a, on a Friday night uh, after I got in from a date. My mom said, it says right here in the Bible that it's easier for a rich man to go through the eye of a needle than it is to get into heaven. And I remember saying to her, well, I shouldn't have no problem with that then. <laughs> so, but the truth is, I was much farther away than uh-huh. I could ever even imagine. Yeah. But yet your mother still had that influence in your life. Yes. And, and all the times, mm-hmm. you know, we can't discount those times that you went on Christmas and Easter and, and the vacation mm-hmm. Bible schools because during those times, the word's getting in. And, and for you to even know that it was the Holy Spirit that was tugging at your heart at the age of 20, that's pretty remarkable. Yes, as such. Mm-hmm. So, so you come to that time in your life, and you said, "Lord, I want to have you in my life." And then, what happened from there? Uh, well, I started attending. Um, it was a Southern Baptist church, but it was more of a Baptistical experience, okay. I guess you could say. Uh, we really loved it, and uh, we just fell in love with the people. Now, now, now who is we? Me and my wife. We we were married um, about. We were married in June. My mom died in in November. Okay. So you married young. So yes, uh, okay. twenty one. Okay. And so um, now, now was she a believer? My wife. Yeah. When, when you married? Yes, um, and I was too. But the truth is, when we were courting, um, she was not. Uh, how can I say this without her listening to this and getting mad at <laughs> well, me? Well, she's gonna hiss, hear it. So you right. well she <laughs> she was raised Southern Baptist, and at the time, her commitment level was probably not where it should. Well, that's be. just being honest. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. There you go. And and I didn't claim to be a Christian until I actually became. And I used to take great pride in that. But uh, the truth yeah. is, I, I wish that I've always behaved yeah, like you I see, should. I, you see, I'm stepping around real careful because I don't want to get in trouble either. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing is, mm-hmm. is that this is all a process that mm-hmm. God has taken you through, you and your wife. Yes. I mean, you had a, a somewhat of a background. The word of God says his word does not return void. Amen. God had had put his word in your heart, and now he's just kind of turned up the flame a little bit at that stage in your life. So your wife, you and your wife both, you're you're having a change in your heart. You've you've come to a place where you're ready for God to minister to you. 
and yes. started going to church. Mm-hmm. Now, why did you choose that particular church? Well, I, I think it had a lot to do with the fact that the the gentleman that come to visit me from that church, he was serving as an interim in the church where my family was was affiliated with. Okay. And uh, he was in a neighboring town 23 miles away, so we just made the drive every week, and we just loved him. And we okay. went faithfully to three services there for a good while. Um, then the church had some conflict, and... Um, and you know, unfortunately, that's the way. Unfortunately, Christian families don't always behave um, the way God would have us to. Right. You know, it's just sad, but it's true. It is sad, and it is true. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. and we just have to pray against that sort of thing. Yes. So, somewhere along the line, God began to deal with you about ministry. Well, what happened is, you know, is it okay to uh, admit we're far from uh, miss, far from making the mark? Absolutely, because uh, because we all are. <laughs> I, I wound up working as a life insurance salesman, and um, there was some issues in the office uh, um, among the sales team, and me being one of them. Um, I don't want to. I don't know how to say this, but exactly just say it. It's funny. I was asking about this last week at my credentialing hearing. (laughs) So, uh, but yes, I I got in trouble uh, with the FBI, actually, for insurance fraud and uh, life insurance fraud. And um, but, you know, I wasn't sentenced. Uh, I actually got off uh, through something called pretrial diversion. Um, but as a Christian, it really wasn't helpful for my for my walk. But ultimately, through it, God brought me out of Egypt, and He convicted me, and and He really led me. I'm convinced He led me to uh, to go to Bible college, and the church I was affiliated with. Their mindset was, you don't need to go to no cemetery to learn about God. Okay. And you, um, you did that intentionally, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but, but yes, I did it intentionally. Okay. But but the truth is, I, I knew God was really calling me there, and I went, and um, and it was a wonderful experience. I went at the age of thirty, okay. uh, with me and my wife and my daughter. When we got there, uh, three days later. Remember, I had quit my job, and I had a better job with a grocery company as a salesperson. My wife was a school teacher. We had two cars, a mortgage, and everything, and um, uh, 30 pieces acre land with a brick home, and things were going great, but we had to get rid of it all in order to go. And um, when I finally settled to do it, when I made up my mind that I was going to do it like Abraham... We loaded up the U-Haul, and uh, by faith, I stepped out with a whole big box of Rolaids <laughs> in faith. No, I'm joking, but when we got to the campus, uh, in marriage, stu- marriage student housing apartment, uh, everything just kind of fell in place. But three days into our move, my wife takes a pregnancy test, discovers she's pregnant, and so I went out and had this long talk with Jesus, <laughs> explaining to him how he, you know, had messed up. Uh-huh. And uh, so, unfortunately, I wish I could tell you my life has always been victorious, victory after victory. But I think many of my lessons, unfortunately, 
I have my lessons were learned, but unfortunately, many of them was because of failing the test, not passing it. But I think that this radio radio audience is identifying with you as, okay. as I am because you're just being honest with us. We're trying to. You're, you're yes. just you've lived your life mm-hmm. the best you've known how. You've made mistakes along the way, plenty, and yes. we all have. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, you're looking at a man with a lot of flaws right here, well. and and uh, but yet. Our heart's desire is, God, we want to be faithful to you. Yes. And we're going to try not to make those mistakes again if we can yes. help it. <laughs> Amen. So, so you found out now you're going to have another child. Yes. You're, you've, you've sold your home. You've packed up. You've gone to Bible college. You, you feel like you're doing God's will. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, here is another mouth to feed. Yes. So, so now, did you go to work when you went up to the Bible college? So, I mean, you could be bivocational or, uh, well, not bivocational. You're going to be a student and mm-hmm. you're going to work. Yes, I, and to be honest, I don't really know how how I pulled it off because um, <laughs> I was taking you know sixteen, eighteen hours of credit, of course credit a quarter, and I was also working full time. Wow! And uh, and pulling it off. I mean, was this know, in the grocery business? No, actually, it wound up being uh, I, I wound up being a frozen food uh, man in a grocery store, Ingalls supermarket. But I actually at first went to work for uh, Nabisco. Um, it was part time at first, but um, but you know God made it work. Now, of course, we did have to you know ask the government to help us with uh, Katie, our youngest. Um, so Julie did was able to get on Medicaid. I went to the marriage student, I uh, can't think of what you call it, Dean, um, and talked to him. And, and he says, man, he says, it's pride that would keep you from wanting to get food stamps and to get help. Sure. He says, you need to. You paid in the system. Do it. This right. is what you should do. And this, this yes. is what these things are for. This is why the right. government has made those things available. Uh-huh. Not that you stay on it forever. Right. It would help you get through this time. And I, th- I think that's that's. I don't have a problem with yes. that. Well, we don't want to get in. No, no, that's politics. That'd be getting in the weeds with it. <laughs> but the truth is, is that mm. that's what it's designed to do. So it yes. helps you through this time. So you're able to go get your education. So you're you're taking 16 hours of, of credit, a study credit. Mm. Are you were you driving a truck for Nabisco? Uh, no, it was it was a personal vehicle. The product was delivered to each grocery store by a truck. So you're going and taking orders and that sort of thing. I was actually just going to stock them. I, see. I was just putting okay. them up, okay. rotating. So you you do this, you working your way through, and I'm assuming your wife had her hands full with the children. She's right. Yes. At that time, you got three children, right? No, two children. Two children. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this was the second one. Right. Okay. So you're you're doing this thing. How long was it? Four years. Yes, four years. Four years. Yes. I tell you what, that's that's an amazing journey right there. Yeah, it, it <laughs> yeah. was great. See, I worked was. my way through Bible college. Yes, but I wasn't married at the time. <laughs> I didn't uh-huh. have children. But yet, I've known a lot of people who have. Yes, uh, a gentleman, my neighbor, lived across the road from me. He was in his forties uh-huh. and went over to Graceville, which is you know where that's over over the Panhandle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and drove over there two or three times a week and yes. worked a job mm-hmm. and became a pastor and pastored for several years. Thank God for this. But you're talking about uh, really being committed to something. You knew this is what God wanted you to do. Right. So you did it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you went four years of Bible college, finished up. Now what'd you do? Well, um, I wound up uh, with the Free Will Baptist and uh, the 
once I realized in Bible college that I was not Southern Baptist and uh, had a Bible professor to kind of guide me into the free will, which was a really great choice, I believe, under the circumstances of the time. But I went with them, and uh, I, I put out feelers, and I had a church to respond. And I went, and of course, they loved me, and I loved them, and I just knew God was calling me there. But the truth is, I, I think I was so antsy to just jump into the saddle that um, you know my mind was made up. So uh, I think I was out of God's will, but that doesn't mean God wasn't using me. Mm-hmm. But I went to the church. Good things happened, but ultimately we left shortly. And the the crazy thing is, though, the day, I think, the day that we were coming there was the day. The day that we loaded up our U-Haul to go was the day of 9-11. Oh, really? Yes. And so my mom-in-law was really worried about us going because she had heard that Pensacola was hit. Uh-huh. And uh, it was Pennsylvania, but she heard Pensacola. <laughs> right. Oh, it's coming to Florida. You can't go. So, okay, so you were you were pastoring over in the Panhandle of Florida. Yes, after you had left Bible college, this is the call, right? And so you were going over there to pastor, I guess, a small church in the country, kind of right, kinda Vern, like, Vernon, Florida, Vernon, close Florida. to Bonifay. Okay, yes. And so you go, and how long were you there? Uh, I was there for a year. For a year, yes. Okay. And things worked out. Pretty good, maybe not so good. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, I mean, we could go there, but I just want to say I, I love the people. Unfortunately, the church finally closed up, but um, it was uh, it was a growing experience. Sure, sure. Um, the crazy thing is, even though I resigned and I left, um, I went to Jacksonville for a little while. That was a growing experience, not in the ministry there. I just went, we stayed there for a while. I think four months later, we went to. I, I received the call uh, from uh, Ocala, First Free Will Baptist Church of Ocala. I went there and uh, they asked me to be their pastor. It's a beautiful church. We were there for a little over four years. Um, remember when I was saying I went out of God's will? Uh-huh. You remember that part? Over okay. in North Florida. Yeah. Uh, several times. Yeah. But uh, while I was. While we were there in Ocala pastoring, the the funds got low. I took a part-time job. Uh, next thing you know, I took a full-time job. Next thing you know, I decided, if you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, leave the ministry. And I told the Lord, I says, Jesus, I'm going to make a deal with you. I'm going to be a regular Christian. I'm going to go to church. We're going to tithe, and we're going to be somewhat active, but... But I'm just going to be a regular Christian, but I, I can't deal with these people no more. And I, and and so I, you know, I took a seven year sabbatical, and I like to say that that was when I was fighting for the Philistines, if you know what I'm trying to say. So, but here's the thing, Brother mm-hmm. Kenny, what you are describing to us, and I'm I'm just part of the audience here. I'm just I'm just listening to yes. you to your story here. Is so typical mm-hmm. of what we as pastors go through yes if you've never been a pastor 
you probably don't understand all of this. Mm-hmm. The, the call of God that is so personal and so real. Mm-hmm. And you talked about you were just jumping at the bit. You were just ready to go. You, right. you finished Bible college, man. I'm ready to get in the pulpit. Mm-hmm. And everything's going to be hunky dory. Right. <laughs> it's amazing how many stories that I hear from pastors. <laughs> it's not hunky dory. <laughs> Those first few years can just really be difficult. Because one thing is it. Here you are with no real experience pastoring. You're looking for a church who wants a pastor that has no experience. Yes. That's usually a problem to begin with. Right, yes. <laughs> and so now you're going to go as a young pastor, inexperienced, expecting pie in the sky. Right. <laughs> because we do. Yes. And it just doesn't go that way. You, you, you get out there and you find out these are real people. Some of them are not heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just been real. Right. And somehow or another, that in all of my wisdom, <laughs> all of these years of experience that you don't have, what do you do about this? Yes. And then a lot of times, unfortunately, young men, young women, they get hurt. Right. And they leave. Kind of like what you did. You you pastored for a while. You said, I've had enough of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a real problem in the kingdom of God. Yeah, it is. Not me. only... I read somewhere not too long ago about the number of men and women who are dropping out of the ministry. It's astounding. Yes, I know. It's just absolutely astounding. Not to mention the number of churches that are closing all across the land. And let's not even talk about Bible colleges that are closing. Yes. You know, that's, that's what we're dealing with here. But God in his sovereignty, in his wisdom, yes, he had a different plan for you, didn't he? Yes, he did. So what happened after that? Seven years, right? You're, right. You, so you got this seven-year sabbatical here. <laughs> right. Um, How'd God call you back? Well, um, like I said, it, it just keeps getting worse sometimes with me. Um, <laughs> I went in. I, find, I started my. It's that human my, thing, brother. It's that human <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I went to. Uh, I started my own business, wholesale business, after I learned some things out of uh, uh, from working with independent wholesale out of Orlando. I learned this system. I got promoted. I became their sales manager, and um, uh, from a, a company that they had started. But in, nevertheless, without going into all those boring details, I started my own business, and uh, it did very well. Uh, wholesale business. Uh, unfortunately, it was in the um, uh, area sales with groceries, which my biggest selling thing was cigarettes and tobacco, cigars. Uh, but you remember the, this is a really bad part. Can I share the really bad part? Well, let's, let's, All righty. Let's, let's see how it goes here. Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right. Several years back, the, this fake marijuana started winding up in the stores. Um, now, I was selling groceries, potato chips, drinks, and all that stuff. But when the fake marijuana came on the scene, it was so lucrative, and all of the stores were begging for it. And, really? uh, and so I searched to find out how to get it, and um, I started selling it. And in all these stores all over North Florida, uh, I was I was just making a ton off of it. And uh, but then there there came something else out, and it was called bath salts. Maybe you heard of people I eating heard pieces of that, yeah. faces, yeah. yeah, eating the face off, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. 
Well, um, I started selling that, but I made a mistake, and I tried it, and I liked it. Man, I'm telling you, I'd never tried cocaine before, but it was synthetic cocaine. And um, anyway, it, it was it was uh, it was awful. But I mean, it was good to the flesh. You know, the flesh enjoyed it, but it's just it was bad. And uh, nevertheless, uh, that's when my my empire started crumbling financially uh, because they outlawed it, and uh, I didn't have it anymore. And so I turned to the real stuff. So it was addictive. Yes, really. Well, I mean, I don't know if it was addictive. It's just it was it it gave you such a anybody that's used cocaine would know that it provides such a a high. I mean, it's a it's a good high if yeah, you yeah. enjoy high. But were they selling this? All, 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 yeah, we were selling selling right there in the stores. Really? Yes, absolutely. And it, now, did the government know this? Yes, but um, they were chasing it down to make it illegal. But it wasn't cocaine, so they were um, they had to pass laws saying, "Okay, this brand is illegal. This brand's illegal," and on and on and on. But by the time they do that, somebody's already changed the formula, and you got another one. And um, and of course, we were out there selling it, and and of course, I didn't know what I had on the truck if it was illegal or legal you wow. know because of the brand so i was always afraid i was running from the atf <laughs> running from the polk county law enforcement and on and on and on afraid they're going to catch me so it was a very uncomfortable life so i decided then that i, I was going to buy a convenience store and and uh and that's what i did i bought a convenience store and one thing gets worse than next, and on and on. Uh, financially, my empire started crumbling, and uh, my wife, in the meantime, praise God, uh, started going to church with her mama, and she was really battling. She was about to tell me to hit the road. Um, so, and our house was so far behind in the mortgage payments; it was just bad. And I had the store. Then I had. You know, it didn't happen until after I closed the store, but I even had the lottery commission coming after me. I owed everybody. I was in bad shape. I had the IRS coming after me. But before I closed the store, my wife going to this church, and I'm always going to be grateful to Woodside Baptist Church in Ocala. My mother-in-law and my wife, who had rededicated her life by that point, um, had this church praying that my business would crumble. Wow. <laughs> and they prayed it. They really did. Wow. And it, it crumbled. And um, so I found myself unemployed, and I figured I was the best thing in sales. Everybody's going to want me. But I discovered quickly that um, that I was the messed up person. I lost confidence in everything. And then one day I found myself on the back porch, they're still praying for me. And um, I, I was listening to Keith Green. Keith Green has always been one of my favorite Christian artists. and oh, he's uh, good. Yes. Yeah. And he uh, he didn't realize it. But I was listening to the Prodigal Son suite in a suit. And it's about the Prodigal Son's journey. And I just felt God talking to me. And I said, Lord... Can you still use me? Can I can I come back home? Wow! And um, that Sunday, 
I made up my mind then, but that Sunday, I went to the church. Uh, everybody welcomed me, you know, Julie's husband. Uh, it's probably 120 people there or so. And I, I couldn't wait. The preacher, I don't remember a word he said, uh, but I couldn't wait. The whole time I'm sitting there thinking, I wish he would hush so we can get to the altar call because I know what I got to do. Now, I had already repented, but God wanted me to make this thing public. So I went up and um, I surrendered, started bawling, and my head keeps leaking even to this day when I think about it. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Wow. Yes. And so that was a, a, a moment of time, wasn't it? Yes, it I was. Mean, God, God did, a, did a work in your heart. And so from that point on, the, the business just dissolved. It just, well, uh, it already had. You were looking for work. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, and, and by that point, uh, let's see, I'm not sure at that point. I finally did take it. was it at that point. Um, I did find a job selling, working for a cigar company, a new cigar company. Um, I was still not supposed to be there, and I knew it, but um, but you know, and I prayed and I prayed God opened doors for me. I quit it, um, and I waited on God. I was going to church, and I asked my pastor, his name was Paul Daniel, wonderful man. Um, I asked him, I said, do you think God could use me again in the pulpit? He reminded me that the scripture says that our callings are irrevocable. Wow. And so he said, I believe you can. And he suggested that I remember that was the only circle I knew at that time. Uh, I hadn't really been in fellowship with the Free Will Baptists in forever. And so I went to their regional office called Marion Baptist Association and I talked to their director and I says if you have a place anybody that would like some fill-ins somebody needs somebody sick they need a, somebody to preach I, I would love the opportunity uh, one month later uh, I got a phone call uh, from the Lighthouse Church where I'm at uh, it was called the First Baptist Church of Orange Springs I went out I interviewed and talked with them they had me to keep coming back. I came back for uh, five weeks straight, and then on the uh, on my birthday, they asked me to be their pastor. Uh, and on October the 9th of 2012, I think it was, they asked me to be their pastor. So how long was that from the time that you just really got your heart right with God? How, how, how long was that process? Uh, probably... I'd say eight months, okay. nine months or so. But I'd imagine yes. that amount of time that God had done a lot of work in your heart. Yes, yes, and he still is. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God for that. Amen, yes. But I mean, that was a, mm -hmm. a huge growing time, I would imagine, in your life because you, right. you're, you're looking back over mistakes and, mm -hmm. and you say, God, I just want to be used of, of you. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. I do. I understand that very, very well. And uh I think a lot of pastors have been through that same type of thing. But as the old, we've talked about this Sunday at church. He said, um, you know, we love the mountains, but the fruit is grown in the valley. Yeah, <laughs> and we go through true. those times yes. of the valley experience.
just so the radio audience will know, this is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. Uh, Kenny Topkins is my guest. Drove all the way up from Orange Springs to be with us on the radio today, and I appreciate that so much. I told him, I said, that makes me feel real special that he'd come up here to do this. But God has a story to tell through him, Yes, and uh, we're getting the opportunity to tell it today. But uh, just want you to know, we do this every Sunday morning here at 8 o'clock here on 94.1 and love for you to always to join us. And you know Pastor King, if you're a regular listener, he loves that any way that you can. Wake the land. I was preaching about this Sunday morning at Freedom Road about uh, Jesus said, uh, I mean, the labors are few. He said, the fields are wide in the harvest. And uh, he just walked through the villages and the cities and he was healing people. And he just had, Scripture says he was just moved with compassion. And then he said, look at this. We got all these needs out there and just not enough people to go tend to the needs. Right. This interview that you've been listening to today with Brother Kenny Tompkins, here's a man who God took him through a process <laughs> to get him to the point where he could use him in the ministry. We're going to get back to him just a second. We're going to pick up. He's just become the new pastor of uh, the First Baptist Church of Orange Springs. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I want to tell you, I'm the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry here in Tallahassee. And uh, we love visitors. Come worship with us. 1105 is when we start. We're meeting in the uh, Crescent Park Plaza over on Capitol Circle. And if you're heading down Capitol Circle, coming away from uh, Easterwood Drive toward Park Avenue, you see us on the right-hand side of the road. We'll have signs out there for you on Sunday morning. FRCM.us, that's the web. You can check that out. Also, don't forget to tune in on Saturday nights for a full hour of the best music in the land, Southern Gospel style, the Saturday Night Gospel. Sing with me, your host. I have a great time, and I hope that you enjoy it. So, 7 o'clock, 94.1. Also, the daily broadcast, Monday through Friday here on 94.1, the Gospel on the Radio broadcast, a daily teaching of the Word of God. Now, one last thing before we get back to Brother Tompkins, and that's youth camp. Coming up here real fast. Here it is in March, July 18 through 22, CYMI, which is Christian Youth Ministers International. We want your young people. We go from ages 8 all the way up to age 18. Two camps, junior camp, senior camp. Listen to me. Youth camp can make a difference in the life of a young person. I am proof positive. <laughs> and I tell people all the time, I'm in the ministry today. Largely due to youth camp. When there was a kid, been involved in it for years, I see what God can do. So call me, area code 850-567-1703. We'll get you all set up, and uh, I need your help. You can help us financially if you want to. Make a donation or help me find the young people. You can also find this show on podcast if you want to check that out. Show number 1065. You can listen to it again or share it with a friend. Brother Kenny Tompkins is my guest all the way up from Orange Springs, Florida. Pastors, no longer is called uh, First Baptist Church of Orange Springs. You call it Lighthouse Church. Lighthouse at Orange Springs, that's right. Orange Springs, mm-hmm. okay. What was the inspiration for the, the name Lighthouse? Well, uh, like I said, it, it, it definitely was a Southern Baptist church. And no disrespect to them, I, I think they do a wonderful job. Anybody that promotes the gospel Amen. of Jesus Christ, I don't care. You got my vote. What, exactly. <laughs> yes, and 
<clears throat> but but I, doctrinally, and we're not talking doctrinally, but doctrinally, uh, I don't really line up with them, namely uh, because I found myself uh, baptized in the Holy Ghost. Okay. And that now, are, now how'd that happen? Well, actually, um, it, God sent people in my life that were Church of God, Assembly of God, and um, and they just kept praying with me, and, and we kept worshiping, and the church just really changed. So, But to make a long story short, I really began to seek after uh, God in an unbelievable way after I had a massive heart attack in 2016. Oh my and... Um, they put a stent in, so you know I didn't have to have open heart surgery. Praise God, but um, but it did kind of change my perspective as far as urgency, and right. so you know I really begin seeking God's face differently. And unfortunately, it takes those kind of things for us to wake up, you know. But gotta but, get your attention, right? <laughs> so, it, so seeking God so strongly, um. You know, I, I kind of felt like, remember, I had been taught from the Free Will Baptist position is that that gift is dead, uh, cessationalism. Um, but but I never really bought into that. And um, But I'd never been baptized in the Holy Ghost. So when it happened, I was listening to uh, Tommy Bates, and I know most people don't know him, but he's... Uh, Far beyond, I guess, Southern gospel, but it is definitely uh, uh, hillbilly gospel, I suppose. Okay, but um, I'd probably like it with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I don't know, but uh, he sang a lot of Dottie Rambo stuff, but it was all jazzed up. You uh-huh. know, it was differently. But um, I was listening to him, and uh, I began to speak in tongues while I was driving um, my car, my truck, and. Um, uh, to be honest with you, this might sound strange to many people, but I was actually a little bit embarrassed by it, um, you know, because you got to tell your wife, you know what I'm trying to say? Sure. Uh, but I hid it for a long time, um, but finally God helped me uh, just come clean, you know, And but I, I am who I am. I Like I said, I thank God for everybody that promotes the gospel, but not everybody accepts that doctrine. And so I began to seek where God wants me, and um, uh, and it just, praise God, that's how I met you, because uh, God sent me, uh, and I believe by divine inspiration, He sent me to the Open Bible Church, and um, Actually, which I Churches. Am, churches, okay. Right, yeah. Um, so yeah. I am in the process now of getting credentialed uh, with Open Bible um, not in a big hurry, but I am excited about the fellowship. So um, that's how that happened. The name change, I yeah. suppose. Now, the, the Open Bible Churches, mm-hmm. most people have never heard of us. Right, <laughs> you know, yes. I've pastored the Open Bible Church here in Tallahassee now for 40, over 43 years. Mm-hmm. We've changed our, we did a DBA. We're now called Freedom Road. But we are a Pentecostal historically. And uh, believe in the gifts of the Spirit and that sort of thing. And see, my my journey is much like yours, Brother, okay. brother Kenny. Uh, I came out of the Christian churches, but yet I felt like there was something more that God had for me. Yes. Um, I've written my story in my book, if you want to read it sometimes, called Dreams and Visions and Stories of Faith. But the thing about it is that sincerity, 
And that's what you have said to me in this radio audience. You said, God, I just want to know that what's the truth here? Yes. You know, what's God doing? It, did, did God take these gifts away mm-hmm. or did he not? Okay. Mm-hmm. So now this has happened to you, mm-hmm. but you're still pastoring a church that up to this point, or maybe they'd already begin to change, had a different opinion. How did, how did that process happen that well, you were able to share with them what was going on in your life? Well, I mean, most of them really received it well. Um, as far as uh, you know, I would say definitely they received it very well. But we lost a few, but overall, <clears throat> even the ones that we lost, they still loved me. And um, but we just didn't see the same way. And I and I wrestled God. Am, am I? I don't want to steal a church, you know. Um, but he explained to me how it's his church sure. and that we are the church. It's not a building or land or whatever. So I'm comfortable with that. And um, we're just about promoting the gospel. And I believe the gifts are for today. And um, the church receives it. And and we we just love to worship God. Sure. It wasn't much of a struggle. Um, we still have our daily struggles. Yeah. But it wasn't much a struggle as far as people believing that the gifts are for today in that congregation. But that's pretty amazing, though, yes. because because this same story has played out all across the land, mm-hmm. and not only in the area of uh, when the let's, let's use the experience of their charismatic movement right. that swept across the land starting in the late '60s and, and following through. I mean, this story is, was told over and over again. Uh, mm-hmm. I attended a, a school called Liberty Bible College in yes. Pensacola. And uh, Brother Ken Summerall, who was the founder of the Liberty Organization, was pastoring a, a Baptist church there in Pensacola. And when he received the baptism, they asked him to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, God used that because then he founded Liberty, which is, which touched people all over the world, right. through not only Liberty Churches, but Globe Evangelism, that, that he also founded. And, of course, it was there. Uh, myself, my, my best friend, uh, Pastor Joyner, we both went to Liberty, pastored the Open Bible Churches. God used it. And... As you said, and you're exactly right, it is God's church. Right. <laughs> but sometimes we forget that, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. That, that, you know, these buildings, these properties and stuff like that, they don't belong to me. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, sometimes people like to refer to uh, the church and say, well, that's, uh, that's Brother King's church. Yeah. And I always like to remind them, look, no, 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 I, I didn't die on a cross for anybody. Absolutely. <laughs> um, no, it's not my church. I'm just, God just has me here as a caretaker, overseer. It's not my church. It doesn't belong to me. And even in the in the realm of denominations and stuff, where as denominations we become very uh, uh, gravitating toward the idea that these are our properties. Yes. But the truth of the matter, they're really not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And uh, I found that we had a gentleman come to the one of our regional events. This has been years ago, and uh, he began to tell us about how that the Christian church went 500 years before they ever owned any property. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he, and I forget where it was, some, some were uh, church bought property and that began a whole different thing. So for years, the, the church didn't even own property. They met, of course, you know, in the, in the Jerusalem church, they were meeting in the catacombs. <laughs> and, yes. uh, and of course, when you look up there where uh, Barnabas went up to Antioch, where the 
believers were meeting. They didn't own property, mm-hmm. but they were functioning as a church. Right. So a lot of times we get caught up in that we're going to own these buildings. And then you get into the legalities of who owns what. And sometimes I think God just kind of shakes his hand going, no, they just didn't get it, did they? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, not, it's not ours. Right. It's him. So now your church has you're moving in a different direction from what the church had. Thank God that it, it went as smooth as you're describing it to be. Yes. Now, how long have you been the pastor now of this, this church? Um, soon be, well, in October, it'll be 10 years. 10 years. Yes. And uh, so this process has been taking place, mm-hmm. and uh, and you're looking to change your credentials because you've been credentialed with one organization. Now you're, you're looking to go to a place to where you feel like that this is where you belong. Camaraderie. But, but how did that happen? Did, did you know open Bible people? Or? Never heard of them. I just discovered it online while I was chasing the history of Pentecostalism. Um, I, I just ran across it. And uh, I was actually at that moment looking into the four square church. And um, it's my understanding, and, and I know it's true that um, the we have our roots from the right four square church. Yes. I like that word "we." Yeah, that you just put in there. Yeah. <laughs> the four square gospel uh-huh. is the name of the of the organization. Right. Um, we have one here in Tallahassee. Yes. Uh, very small. Uh, not as prominent in the southeast as it is in California. Uh, of course, uh, Amy Simple McPherson. That's where she was. She was the founder of the. Four Square Churches, Open Bible broke away 1932. Our roots go back to 1919 mm-hmm. on the West Coast of Eugene, Oregon. Me personally, I became a part of the Open Bible Churches when I was in the Navy in Pensacola. Uh, just walked in off the street one day, Open Bible Church in Pensacola, fell in love with it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, so you talk about singing. That church was a singing church. Yeah. And uh, there were no choruses. They, they, we only sing hymns in that yeah. church. But boy, a guy named Albert Stroop, man, he was a little guy. But boy, his wife, Colleen, played the piano. She played it fast. Mm-hmm. And and he always had his, little, his finger going. He's telling her, come on, Colleen, speed this thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. Maybe it's my, he's talking about Hillbilly Gospel. I'm I'm from Kentucky, so I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm legit here. <laughs> Uh, you know, come from the bluegrass state. It's just all appealed to me. But our pastor who was a former Assembly of God pastor. Who was pastoring the church. He preached the word, mm-hmm. and it was a word that, that got a hold of me, and I fell in love with it. And so, um, instead of going back to Kentucky after I got out of the Navy, I stayed there. I bought a house in Pensacola. I met a girl from the, in the church. We, we got married, and um, so. Went to Bible College at Liberty, and then ended up here in Tallahassee, uh, nineteen seventy nine. <laughs> so that's my story. Amen. Kind of kind of similar to, to what <laughs> yes, you're sir. talking about here, because God has a place for everybody. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just going to do this, and this may I don't think this would be wrong because we're not I'm not trying to. This is not a commercial, okay? But you've told your story. You found the Open Bible Organization. I would say there could possibly be somebody else who's on a similar journey. You're looking for a place mm-hmm. to be a part of. Maybe you're pastoring an independent church or whatever. Open Bible is open to, <laughs> to talking to you 
And if that's something you're interested in, give me a call. I can set you up. Uh, we have a we, we're district, regional, national. And we have a, uh, we're in the North District where we are here in Tallahassee and Brother Kenny and Ocala is in the same district. So the North District and South District and then we have the National. Mm-hmm. And, and I can hook you up. <laughs> I know all those Amen. people. So if you're interested, I'm just throwing that out there, Brother Kenny. Is that okay? No, please, please. Uh, we I've, I've never done a promo promo for Dope Bible Churches before. Well, well I think uh, you know it's important uh, that every minister um, you know be systematically grounded and and i was not where i was mm-hmm. and so if you're stuck that way you need to find that uh, if i may mention francis chan <clears throat> francis chan his experience of being baptized in the holy ghost is very similar to mine um of course he was really grounded in southern god southern baptist and um he he began to be uh, he got baptized in the Holy Ghost on the telephone. Really? Yes. After spending time with Jack Hayford, and that's really what got me to looking at uh, at Foursquare, the Foursquare right, Gospel. Right. But um, Church on the Way, yes, Vanass, California. Amen. <laughs> so so whether you uh, are baptized in the Holy Ghost, uh, whether you're confused about. Uh, how the baptism occurs. Uh, uh, I personally don't believe that the baptism of the Holy Ghost always um, is identified with tongues, and that's a big debate. Uh-huh, it is. Um, but, uh, but you know, so if you're out there wrestling with your, I'm going to say, doctrines, and uh, and you, you want some help, um, you know, well, only God can really help you figure those things out. But, but we can help you if you believe in the uh, spiritual gifts. We would be more than proud to introduce you to Open Bible, or right. at least Brother Jack would. He's got far more experience well, than I, me. I, I would refer you on. Amen. I'd send you on up the yeah. chain. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but see, here's the thing about it: is in, in my story, like see, I, I grew up. And in independent Christian churches in Kentucky, uh-huh. wonderful organization, wonderful people. Love the little church I grew up in. Taught me the word, um, Sunday school, all those things. But I knew there was something missing in my life, and I was a student at the Cincinnati Bible Seminary in Cincinnati. And I tell all about this in my book that uh, I crawled up underneath a stairwell about midnight one night, just just knew something was not finished in my life. Mm-hmm. And I cried out to God. I literally, mm-hmm. I cried out to God. I said, God, I've come to this Bible college to study for the ministry, but I don't really know you. Mm-hmm. And he sent me on a journey, and it was a, it's an incredible story. Yeah. <laughs> it's an incredible story how God brought me to the point to where I would even accept the reality of the moving of the Holy Spirit in this Amen. day and age. Yes. I was, I, I've used the expression, I come into Pentecost kicking and screaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, mm. and even now, mm-hmm. and it's a second book and I'm in the process of writing that I had to, I come to a place in my life after about 10 or 15 years where I said, I can't be what somebody else is. I've got to be me. I've got to find God for myself. Mm-hmm. This journey is too important. Mm-hmm. And I'd say that to anybody. If if you're out there listening and you're you're in that state in your life, you said something's not quite right. I need to find truth. Mm-hmm. That's what you're after. Amen. God just showed me the truth, and I found the truth through the Word. And man, I tell you what, after God dealt with me about this, I just began to search the Word of God, and God began to show me things. I said, 
Nobody told me that before, and it's so real because it's in the scripture. Yes, but there's so much of the scripture that we we don't. I don't know how we do it, but we just don't see it. <laughs> you, know, you know, if if you <clears throat> if you're wrestling with these doctrinal issues, uh, and brother Jack, I agree that only the Word can really give you the answers. Yes, you can go to twenty, thirty different preachers. And um, and you'll just get more confused. Twenty, thirty different realities. <laughs> you will get more confused. Yeah. You can read Kenneth Hagin. You can read John MacArthur. And the truth is, uh, you, you may just get confused. What what I recommend is, like the Apostle Paul, when when he was Saul, when he converted, uh, the Bible teaches that he went to the Arabian Desert where he spent three years uh, with Jesus Set and the Word. Feet, yeah. and so. Um, you know, you you just have to seek the word and let the let the Lord minister to you, right? And uh, and He'll guide you. He will. Well, one of the things that God convicted me of in two thousand and nine mm-hmm. was to become a daily Bible reader. Yes, and that has been. If I don't do anything else in a given day, I will read my scriptures, and I have a I have a system that God showed me. I mm-hmm. I, I will not miss a day. In God's word, that has helped me so much. Amen. Because if you're not connected to the word, where, where are you where are you getting mm-hmm. your inspiration from? Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, the Williams uh, gospel group mm-hmm. has a song, and it's called that. It's the word. Yeah. It, says, it says it says though the songs were beautiful and my heart was really stirred, the mm-hmm. thing that brought me to the altar was the word. Amen. <laughs> and I love that those lyrics in that song and that's that spoke to me a lot of times Praise because God. the word. So that's something else I'd say if you're after listening today and you, you you listen to this broadcast if you're not a daily Bible reader, you need to be. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you that when you make that commitment, the devil will jump all over your case and he will try everything to distract you. It's amazing how much distraction there can be out there. Yes. But it has to be a commitment and determination. Mm-hmm. But it will make a difference. And if you're a pastor or a preacher, whew, it'll change your preaching. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling Amen. you. Well, I tell you what, Brother Kenny, we're down to about three minutes now. Okay. So this is your three minutes. What okay. you got to tell us here? Well, I, I am actively involved in a discipleship program that we've instituted in the church. It's called the Timothy Initiative. Uh, I learned about it through um, a parachurch organization that we're affiliated with called the Con- Converge. Um, actually, Open Bible put me on to them. They're really an excellent resource. Um, but this Timothy Initiative is awesome. You can study, you can get uh, all kinds of material, discipleship material, uh, and it's usually all about learning learning even bible memorization and i'm all about that but uh the timothy initiative is more about practicing like you just said the you know reading the bible every day well um i I wish i could say that that i've always done that even as a pastor now i do a lot of reading you know but honestly and i may even read bible verses in the context of a book but the Timothy Initiative holds you accountable to doing it, but not just Bible reading, also having your story. Today we've talked about my story and Brother Jack's. Well, you have a story too. Amen. The Timothy Initiative will help you put your story together in a three-minute, 
format so that you can share it. And at the end of your story, you can say, now, can I tell you how you can surrender your life to Jesus and see your story changed as well. It will teach you how to lead people to Christ and to really become a genuine disciple. If you're interested, please let Brother Jack know and he will contact me and I will put you on to the Converge and the Timothy Initiative. I'll be the go-between. Amen. (laughs) Brother Kenny, this has been fun. I I appreciate you so much. Thank you. For making this journey all the way up from Orange Springs down near Ocala. That's almost like two and a half hours, three hours just yeah. to come be on the radio with us. Yes, sir. We appreciate that so much. It was an honor. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for this broadcast today, this opportunity, Father, to present the gospel through talk. Father God, I just pray, Lord, that uh, your hand would be upon Brother Tompkins and his family and his church. God, just bless them, Father, as they continue to minister before you. Father, we pray for all of our churches, for all of our pastors, Father God. As we go to the pulpits today, Lord, let there be an anointing come upon us. We pray, God, for America, oh, Lord God. And, Lord God, we pray for peace around the world, Father God, just a peace. And, Father God, we pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. Father, to you be glory and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Brother Kenny, it's been great to have you here. Thank you for coming. Praise the Lord. Thank you for having me. And until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.